Friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business. Po- you know what? Hang on a second. That's not how I wanted to start the show. I have these wonderful guests on, and I put together another intro here. So, tell me what you guys think of this. You're listening to the IT Business Podcast, the show for IT professionals everywhere. Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show, as I said in the open, for IT professionals everywhere. This is the Wednesday live show, and I am joined by my friends from Papapia. Tim Coach, Brute Lee, and Joe Spiller in the house in their holiday gear and garb. Folks, how are you? Good, good. We had to bring it, right? We had to bring it. You had to bring it. Had to bring it. And I, I wanted to have that intro because I figured I needed to have that type of music to start the show. It is a holiday season, a little Christmas, but a little rock, right? Yes, yeah. must have it. Absolutely. Did it? Did it work? It worked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So for uh, anybody joining us for the very first time, as I said, this is the IT Business Podcast presented by Net Ally. This is the show where we try to help other IT professionals, MSPs, run their business better, smarter, and faster. And most of the time, we are here trying to bring you products, share stories, talk about tips to do all that sort of stuff. Every now and then I like to put together a show where we just hang out because you know what? Sometimes you got to have a little break in life. We're coming up on the holidays and uh, what better time to start than now. And this all started really because of my visit to IT Nation where, I mean, I see you guys all over the place. It's not like that's the only place I see you, but it was the one time where we actually sat and hang out and i thought this is cool let's do this again that's awesome yeah no it, it, it was weird it was just around i mean you know how the big shows are everybody's every place you're all over the place once in a while you're just looking for a place to sit down have a meal get something to drink collect your thoughts and move on it just so happened we had an extra chair at the table and lo and behold you were the guy that sat down and then we lost about an hour and a half talking about music. It was about an hour. <laughs> it was. No tech needed. Uh, so I should at least get some of the better introductions out the way. I introduced you by name. Uh, the company is PIA uh, AI Desk, uh, basically a uh, package that can help us automate some of the things that we do with our RMM PSA package a little better. Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, pretty close. So essentially what the, the product in and of itself is, 
is it's a plug-in that goes into your PSA, right? So like a chat bot. So in ConnectWise, you know, you have your pods and auto tasks. You have a window that pops up. Of course, we just announced Halo and ServiceNow is on as well. But it's one of those things where it's an interactive feed for your technical people. And, and they just follow the bread bouncy ball like we all learned to sing when we were kids, right? You just follow the steps because I know if I start singing one, two, three, four, five, everybody's going to go along with the rest of that song because that's how we sing. Now, the things that we haven't really talked about, which are really going to be coming out here for sooner rather than later, is our product also allows you to either take the packages that we've built where you can just have that automation already built in. You can expand on those packages or we actually allow you to write your own packages as well through a very easy portal. And that's something we're going to be probably talking about more in 2024. As we're sitting here talking about, we did a thing where we want to get the company out there huge in 2023. And now we need to really dig into the business aspects of the tech of why it's so important for these MSPs that need to do it bigger, better, faster. All right. Well, let me say this. I do want to talk about that stuff. I'm not a scripter guy. I'm not a package guy. I'd love for you guys to do it for me, but I'm going to have you guys on a sh- on another show where we can really dig into that because um, I have this that I want to drink tonight, and I don't really want to <laughs> be talking, <laughs> getting too heavy into all of that. So let me get this open, but let me let me go back and let's kind of recap IT Nation because that's one of the things that really hit home with me. And it's something that I've been kind of focusing on this past year is trying to figure out what is it that really draws me to people, to companies, and what makes me want to keep doing this. Uh, as a business, as an MSP, I, you know, I spend my days battling clients and juniors all day long. And then I go to conferences to see vendors, see my friends. But, you know, it's a grind. But getting to see you guys that night, and it was, you know, after everything was done, it was after dinner, after the event, and just sitting there hanging out and finally getting to meet you and see you, um, that was cool. That was refreshing. So let me ask the question. I think I asked you guys that night. I don't think I ever got a real good answer. (laughs) Is do you guys have those discussions all the time. The one we had that night? Yeah. That we're leading into? Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, it's you, you know how it is. You're on the road, and, and you're lucky enough to meet some people and make some really good friends. And I think you just create kind of these weird conversations, these weird questions that involve thought and involves people's actual passion. So we actually do have those conversations quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially about music. So I'm really into that. So we, we, we talk about that quite a bit. Yeah, I uh, I got that. And actually, somebody made a comment on one of the posts as we were promoting this, saying that you know you guys were you guys are a rock band. <laughs> um, I don't know that that's a hundred percent true, but I, Joe, you, let me get this straight: Are you in a band, or were you in a band, or do you just love music? Oh no, I've been in bands pretty much all my life. Um, right now, I'm really in a recording project right now because uh, we're you know live in different cities. So it's more of a recording project, but always love music. It's always been a big passion of mine. All right. So coach Brooke, how does that bring you guys in? For the music part? I mean, 
Well, I mean, because Joe's a real-life rock star, so there's that. So, I mean, you get to work with a real-life rock star. It's pretty cool. Um, his music, he, the stuff that he's doing right now is real sort of, what do you want to call it, heavy rock? Hard rock. Hard rock, uh, which is not really the genre that I listen to, um, but I like it. I support Joe, um, and he just had a video that came out. So I was showing my daughter that, my youngest when she's 16. And she just thinks Joe was like the coolest thing ever. Joe's like the best thing since sliced bread. And I showed her the video and it's, it's, what's the name of the song? Nightmare. 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 <laughs> and so part of the video, he's got some blood going on and some scary vampire kind of stuff or whatever. I mean, she's 16, so she's not like a little child, but she saw it. She was like, I don't really know that I, I want to meet Joe anymore. <laughs> pretty scary in that video. Yeah. Basically I turned myself into a vampire in that, in that uh, video. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of blood. So Joe's does the band stuff his entire life, done that. And one of the first uh, events that we went to when I first joined Pia, and these two guys have known each other for a long time, um, we went to L.A. for an event. And Coach was like, you know, Joe, he, he's not going to do karaoke. It's just not his thing. I've never been able to get him to do it. He's just, you know, it's like it's his stuff or whatever. And I was like, okay. So we end up at a bar. And they have karaoke. And next thing we know... I got Joe to do karaoke. Then we got Coach to do karaoke. I have video of it. I'll show you one time so you can see it. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty epic because he was it's like, not supposed to be. People aren't supposed to know that. Yeah, I was going to say if I had had that video, it'd have been playing. <laughs> and then they did. Uh, so he sang uh, a Kiss song, and then they did a duet of Suspicious Minds. I have video. Yeah, a duet. Who who was who was the other half? Me, me, me and Coach were both sitting on the same time. Okay. In a little bitty hole-in-the-wall bar where half the people were did not speak English. It was Spanish-speaking mostly, and none of three of us speak Spanish, so we just, like, winged it. We got a standing ovation out of it. standing ovation, and by the end of the night, the bar was buying us drinks. So it was a good <laughs> night. It was had by all. Nice. Nice. And uh, look at that. Here's the... The quote that brings it all up, Eric Anthony from All Things MSP. MSPs plus karaoke, karaoke plus bar equals epic. Always, always. Yeah, I did karaoke once, uh, never again. I probably will not be able to get Joe to do it ever again. But I, it's one time we checked it off the list. So we, that was the check the box. Check the box. Got Joe to do karaoke. All right. Now, Brooke, you said that uh, rock is not your kind of music. What is your kind of music? You know. I like country. Um, I like rap, R&B, pop. Um, I was on an EDM kick pretty hard this year. Uh, I don't know how I got off on that side road. Um, did a lot of that this year. Uh, I like classic rock. Um, I also like classical. Uh, Vivaldi's my guy. Love him. He's the best. Uh, I don't know. I like a lot of different things. I don't really have a particular genre that I like. Nice. I like... BG's kit earlier this year. Yeah, um, I sometimes I'll bring like a little uh, portable speaker or whatever, and we'll have it at the booth for some of the smaller shows, or if it's a show that doesn't have music, and I've got a playlist for that. And it's all sort of like, like what do you want to say, 70s and 80s. It's like stuff that's like just people come by and they just start like dancing because it's just dancing music. Stuff that matches our age. <laughs> Each. Ouch. Um, well, Brooke, I like that because I, I go all over the place as well. People like to try to you know, peg me down to one genre, but doesn't happen. I, I'm just 
everywhere, uh, all over the place. It's, I don't know, just whatever. If I like the song, I just like, I mean, it's, it can be an artist, and I just like one of that person's song. Okay, it's in the playlist. I, I think all three of us are really like that. We'll listen to just about anything. All right. Yeah, we were in, we were in a place last night, and we were, we were leaving, and the song comes on. They're playing primarily country music. And Joe and I started singing, and she whipped around, and she's like, I, no, no clue. Like, we were singing the song word for word verbatim. She had no clue that we could do that song. <laughs> I don't even remember what the song was. <laughs> it's just stuff gets stuck in your head for being a kid. You hear it all the time when you're a kid, and it just automatically kicks in when you hear it. So as I was sitting here thinking, how am I going to let this show play out? You know, because because the true podcaster is supposed to have questions ready and scripts and be ready to go any direction. I, I don't know where we're going tonight. So this will be quite interesting. Uh, Coach, you mentioned, uh, you know, songs from kids. You know, we always go back to the songs that we remember. So I'll just ask this as a introductory softball question. What's the first song that you remember really loving as a kid? Oh, for, for me, it was probably, geez, it, it would have had to been my mom listening to Elvis. Right? Oh, so okay. I knew like Elvis was there pretty wrong because she was, you know, my mom was born in the, if I want to get it right, my sister will correct me if I'm wrong. She was born in the 40s. So she was right there. Where when Elvis was like big and he was going and she remembered all that, so but it was it would I would say definitely say it was probably Elvis's stuff back in the day. All right, what about your first song that you, you know, fell into outside of the family? Oh, see, I'm gonna go like everybody's gonna hate it, but like for me, like growing up where I grew up, it was very rural, so there was a lot of country music that was played, but it was old country. I mean, you know, what we what we call older was George and Garth and all those guys and, you know, Hank at the end of Hank. But I remember for me, like one day I was listening to something and all of a sudden I heard Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. <laughs> and everybody hates that I tell that story, but I was like, what is going on here? Because that's just something that my friends listen to it. I just never listened to it. And that kind of, that started pushing me more into that rocker and then, you know, getting in some trouble with, because the album covers back then, I mean, God forbids people see those now, but they yeah. were a little sketchy back then. So yep. There's a, little, there's a little rough times listening to new music. All right. Joe, were you always into rock? No. Uh, so one memory I forgot, I did an interview with the, for, for the band a couple weeks ago, and I totally forgot about this because they asked me the same question, but my mom used to sing Patsy Cline crazy to me every night when I went to bed that ingrained in my head i don't know if you ever heard that song it's a way back yep i've heard it yeah it's uh she used to sing that to me um and i remember that distinctly so uh but i i i was taken to country concerts and all that when i was young and um so really i'm a huge elvis fan because that was my big you know first thing was getting elvis records and then i then i started getting into the rock with kiss and you know, all the eighties metal hard rock kind of stuff. And, but I'm all over the place. I love disco. I uh, couldn't say it then. Cause I was a, you know, rock kid, but you, you really couldn't say that. Yeah. Those were fighting words back then. Yeah, but disco loved it. Like Jackson. It was all over the place back then. Right. Cause you yeah. had some really big country people like, like yeah. going through like high school. When we went through high school, think about the music, right? Because it was, 
everything from like Boy George, Garth Brooks, right at the end or right around there. No, like Garth was George. Garth was after Boy George. Yeah, yeah. Garth was later. Yeah, yeah Garth was later. A little bit later. But that was also like I know when I was in high school, like that's when NWA hit too, right? And like that was just like a sound nobody had heard before, right? So it was like I think that's where we all come from, especially as eighty kids musically. The fact that we're all over the place is it's because our music was all over the place. <laughs> no vanilla ice. Of course, vanilla. Of course, vanilla. <laughs> of course. I mean, hip hop, uh, all, all that. I mean, it, it was a. I mean, it was a melting pot of music, you know, at that time. Um, and, you know, just discovering all those different types of music. Uh, I, I felt like shaped shape me for what I wanted to do, uh, musically anyways. Uh, I could still use any of that stuff within my music, um, uh, even if it's hard rock. So beats, all that kind of stuff. I, you, you can just go crazy with it. All right. Interesting answers. Uh, the first song that I can remember is back then they would, uh, after school, we would come home and they would advertise stuff on TV and you would have to call a 1-800 number to order something. <laughs> and the first thing that I did is I ordered an album. <clears throat> I saved up my money, sold it. I had gave my mom money. She had to write the check. I got to mail the check in. They're going to mail it back. It was Eddie Rabbit. I love a rainy night. Oh, yes. <laughs> I saved Great it up and I bought that album with my own money, and that was the that's the first like song I can remember like really being attached to. Interesting. I love that song. Yeah, love I still love that song. The, right. the check thing, right? That's the check thing. That's what's funny is that that led into when was it? Where like I don't even remember the name of the group, but you could like for ninety nine cents Columbia House. Columbia House. Yeah. Ninety nine cents. They ship you ten <laughs> albums today. Yeah, I saw. No, the one, uh, the, no, the remember the Walkman? Yeah, like the the yellow one. I got one yeah. for Christmas one year, and my the first one I played on it was I had uh, the BC Boys album on cassette. Yeah, I don't know. Every, I don't know anybody that actually paid, actually paid it. I just to pay the money. They just went to the next one. But that was like the, that's how you got stuff back then. There was like yeah. those infomercials, and you would call a number, and you would mail them a check, and then the stuff would come in the mail, and that's how we bought crap back in the day. They know what we're talking about because they talk about it all the time. But yeah, Columbia House, I did that for years. Yeah. And you, yeah, you, you do the 99 cents, you do one month, and then you cancel <laughs> and wait for them to send you a, hey, we want you back. Here's 20 for 99 right, cents. Right, right. Then it's like music formats well, change, right? I mean, now we can from, stream everything. Yeah, anything. I mean, I remember, I remember eight tracks, right? I mean, I remember vividly getting in the car and throwing an eight track in, and then and it cutting out like part of the song, and yeah. you get to you got like, yeah. or pulling the eight track yeah. out, and all the ribbon comes out, <laughs> and all the ribbon still in the player. The pencil <laughs> trick, the pencil trick for the cassette. Yep. yep. To twist it back in there. Yeah. So. If if music were a soundtrack to your lives, what would that soundtrack be? And I'm asking for a very specific type of answer. Be a big old mixtape. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
mean, it's going to be, I mean, memories, right? I mean, that's. But remember back then you couldn't do, remember, you couldn't do mixtapes back then. You, when you bought an album, you bought an album and you wore that thing out. And the only way to create a mixtape was to, you know, once we first got the ability to record. Right. You know, wait on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 wait for the DJ to stop talking so he didn't mess up the intro to your song. Yeah. Yeah. People, people are watching this. They all want to know. All three of us immediately win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two buttons. Yes. Two buttons. Yeah. What What about you? What was What was your first song that you just kind of lit you up, and then and then further down the road, a genre you hadn't listened to that just totally spun you from where you were. So it's hard for me because, again, I didn't start with a particular genre of growing up. My parents, uh, Sunday afternoons, we had, you know, the R&B collection on the wheel to wheel. And so it was the Commodores and, you know, all of them, Lionel Richie and, and all of those. So, But when I started listening to music, I went through everything – I had a Kiss album. I had an Ozzy Osbourne album. I had um, John, oh, forget the, um, uh, not John Denver, but there was another um, country music uh, guy that I had. Uh, later it was, you know, Joan Jett. I listened to, of course, you know, Foreigner, Chicago, Kansas, Sticks, uh, all of them. So I was all over the place. So there wasn't anything that I really settled into except that I took a very keen interest in listening to country because it would freak people out back then. <laughs> why, why would that be? <laughs> Say, the same reason that I could talk to ladies on the phone or girls on the phone and get a date only to prove to them that I was black. But you don't sound black. <laughs> and you listen to country music. That's because music doesn't music doesn't care. Right? It's, it's just whatever. It's all over the place. It's where you're in. It's emotional. It's memories. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there's songs to play today. If, if I'm living, like, listen to the older stations, right? From like when I was in high school and junior high. And I'll be like, yeah. That was my wallflower song. That was a song that, you know, the, the dance was going on. I stood over the corner and the girls were on the other side. And I'm like, how do you talk to those over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, the great thing about music is, like, I think you mentioned earlier, like, you can listen to something that comes on the radio from way back and it just brings a certain memory back to you, you know, like, could be about your mom or an ex-girlfriend or Something like that. It's just a rush of memories when you hear something that you haven't heard in a while. Well, let me go but back. The other, big, the other big one, too, back in the day, roller skating rings. Yeah. Man, that music was all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where – so if you couldn't dance, you went to the skating rink to skate mm -hmm. with somebody. And you waited for the uh, couples only song. Yes. Yeah. Moms dropped you off. Back pick you up in like three hours. Then you had to you had to learn how to backward skate. Nah. And then you had to do the crossover. You had to do the crossover. <laughs> nope. So you look cool. Oh yeah. I always watch the girls that could go backwards, and I wouldn't pick them. 
So let me ask this. This was uh, a question that I got into a discussion with somebody else with uh, just the other day. So a lot of the kids are hearing music that when we listen to them, they're like, wait a minute, that's not their song. That's a remake of, of a song from 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So there's two parts to this. What do you think of today's artists that are just completely remaking songs and trying to pawn them off on their own? Um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let that one go first and then I'll come back with part two. So to me, I don't know, because I same thing. I hear songs because she's 16. So I'm listening to all kinds of crap in the car that I'm not going to listen to if this kid wasn't in the car. There was a Bad Bunny has a song out now, Monaco. Uh, it samples really hard out of the gate, but it's a guy that's like it's a it's a Parisian singer. It's in French. I don't even know what it is. But all the kids are singing this song now. There's no way they would know that if this guy had sampled it. So to me, there's like two sides to it. Yes, they sampled it. Okay, you didn't come up with your own stuff. But now there's a whole generation of people that are going to know the songs. Like, because what happens is if I hear it, I'll tell her, oh, my gosh. So as soon as it gets done, I'll bring up Spotify and I'll go get the original song. And I'll be like, this is where this song came from. Um, so to me, it's kind of there's, you know, it's it's the balance. Yeah, they sampled it. But like I said, nobody would know this song now if they hadn't sampled it for, for this other guy. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I think it I think it brings back that old music that, that they may have never heard before. And yeah, but I would like to see them credit, you know, so people can go back and listen. Because that's what the kids are, right? They're, yeah. they're hearing their version. But it's like, go back two or three versions of that song. I mean, we are talking yesterday. Because we're trying to figure out what you were going to ask us, and we were talking yesterday, and you you were talking specifically about how much song, how many songs Prince had written for other people. Oh yeah, a ton. Right, same thing with Dolly. Like they just wrote a ton. They wrote a, you know, this, talking about this yesterday. I think Joe, you were one talking about it. You wrote that how much music they had wrote for other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I will always love you. Dolly Parton wrote that. She sings it, and it's I'm gonna. I mean, I'm a Dolly fan. It's horrible. She's terrible singing that song. It's bad. Whatever. I mean, you can say what you want. It's, Whitney killed it. Yeah. And Dolly's still getting paid. Well, and 95, you know? 95% of the world think that's Whitney's song. Yeah. Good. And she has it, but I mean, it's so like uh, one of my favorite Dolly songs is Jolene. Other people do it. It's an absolute train wreck. She sings it. She kills it on that one. I mean, it's just, you know, it, and she was, I watched, there was a documentary that uh, was on, I think it was on Netflix about Dolly Parton. And she said, I knew that I was not, this was, I mean, I wrote the song, but she was like, this wasn't me. I, I can't do this song. It's not, not my thing. And so when she lets Whitney have it, she was like, that was it. She said, that was the person that that song was for. That song wasn't for me. It was for her. So even though she had written the song, she was like, I knew this just was like not going to work. And then when she found Whitney and Whitney was like, I want to do the song. She was like, that's who that song was written for. It wasn't written for me. I can't believe you don't like Dolly's version. Of I Will Always You. It's so bad. Oh, it's, it's good. Not. It's terrible. It's good. Terrible. <laughs> All right, I'm scrapping part two of the question I was going to ask. Let me go back on to this because this will piggyback. So, you know, talking about different versions, who wrote the songs. So the original question that came up at IT Nation was, what artist today would in the future, you know, match the level of a Michael Jackson or a Prince 
And who is our third person? Elvis. Elvis. But so here's here's the here's the twist I'm going to throw in there. Do we count people that have had influence because of the songs that they wrote that maybe somebody else sang? I, I don't think you can because they're not easily recognizable, right? And then that, and just just so that that question has a caveat of U.S. only, because right, because people are going to bring up the Stones and they're going to bring up all these other great bands, but it's like. The question is based around, do we have anybody kind of U.S.-based, kind of North American-born almost, that will ever meet or exceed or drive the craziness that those three drove? And and Joe and I, being from Kansas City, obviously there's this giant Swifty movement that is that has hit the city. But the reality of it is, is she's still very specific to a couple of genres. Very important in that world makes good music, great music, depending on which side you sit on. If you ask Brooke, she'll say otherwise. But the point being is, it doesn't matter what kind of bar you're in, you hear Elvis, Prince, or MJ go, and the whole bar is on that song. Well, we talked about the fact that while Taylor is a talented artist, not only does she not cross over genres, most of her success is a social media thing, not a music thing. At least that's my I opinion. I think she wrote some good songs, though. I, I mean, she is a true songwriter. She is. She is. But if you take away the social media, is she really uh-huh. is she really that Taylor's big? Watching this. I'm just want to make sure that she knows that. I'm Listen, if Taylor's watching, if Taylor is watching this show, if this somehow gets back to Taylor, I want, I want there to be. A Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey announcement live on this show when they get married, and not at the expense of a Tony Romo misspeak. That'd be a big. That'd be a big podcast for you. Maybe drive some ratings. But it's like I just don't feel like there's. I don't know of anybody. I can't name one right now. I mean, I here's the thing. There's another female artist out there that Joe and I love. Uh-huh. But still in the genre, but still kind of, she does some crossover, but not as epic as she pulled back. And that is Pink. Pink. Yes. We all love Pink. But she pulled back once she had, once she had children, she decided her life needed to go a different way. She puts on amazing concerts. I love her voice. But she just pulled back from that point where, and I don't think she crosses genres enough to ever get there. Do we think now, that if Whitney wouldn't have passed early, I mean, would she have been one? You know, everybody I know that hears a Whitney song is singing along to a Whitney song. Yeah, but it's only a handful. I don't know that she would have sustained that because here's the thing: Mariah Carey was on that that path. Yeah, yeah. So she jacked her voice up. Now she can't yeah. sing all. <laughs> We're gonna hold back. <laughs> Okay, so anybody has any questions? Brent, no hold back. She can't. Have y'all seen her? Like, trying to go live with her little Christmas song? It's awful. It's all like auto tune. It's bad. Yeah. Wasn't Garth on that trajectory? He was. I, I think yeah. he was. There's a couple things that, that hurt Garth from that trajectory. One was obviously the fact that he decided to stay at home and got out of music for a while. The other one is he did a 
he he did a crossover. That was that Chris thing. Chris, yes. Chris, Chris Stapleton or whatever that games. That's it. Yeah. It was supposed to be for a movie. So the soundtrack came out before the movie, and then they canned the movie. And you know the quote unquote purists, right? Which there are no such things. Crazy, yeah, they all like everybody went down. So I think that hurt. Yeah, I remember that, and I, I too was one of those. I'm like, what the, what the, what the hell is that? <laughs> and you know what? You can't listen to his music anywhere. You have to buy his streaming platform to listen to any Garth Brooks music. He is not on Spotify. He is not on Pandora. He is not anywhere. I cannot go find friends in low places anywhere and get it. You have to go through his streaming platform because he thought that was a great idea. All right, so, so obviously that's a problem because in in to, well, but because in today's age, artists want to retain ownership rights. They want to get that money. They want to get the royalties. Now, back in the day, that wasn't the thing. They had to go through the radio stations. They had to go through the producers and stuff. There was there were machines that helped push that out, but it was the public that really drove that. Right. Uh, I don't know that the public drives music these days. Well, Joe, Joe actually has, because Joe's constantly in music and he's just got, he's got this new project going on that's going pretty well for him. He he knows a lot of statistics. What were you, how many songs a day are you saying is released right now? What is it? 180,000 a minute on Spotify. Some crazy number. Because everybody can record now. and I mean, you don't have to go to a real studio. There's people recording from home in anybody their little home studios. Can anybody can pay a uh, distribution service to upload that music. So we're all over the place. We're on Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. We're out there. Now and Anybody can do it now. But are you lost in the sea of other music? Oh, yeah. We're totally lost. I made $12.37 off my streaming this year. <laughs> That's a beer. <laughs> One. It's not even a beer in Vegas. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! The, the artists are not getting paid. Um, that that's for real. Uh, the the streaming is just horrible for artists. Um, the only way they can make money now is to tour, tour heavily, and merchandise. It's where they're making their money. It's kind of a life of a podcaster. I gotta, it's the same thing. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness gracious. So uh, I started listening to uh, Christian Bush. You recognize his name? I do not. I don't think so. Uh, he was the other part of Sugarland. Okay. I'm with you now. Okay. So he obviously could have just lived off of his family business, uh, Bush Beans, and he made it big right. with Sugarland, and then they split up for whatever reason. And I have seen him uh, doing a little thing. He has he had a podcast where he was doing like 52 or something like that, and he was doing songs that he did with Sugarland that were famous and then songs that he was doing after the fact. And he did a special where he talked about life as a musician. Once you've hit it big, if you can't sustain it, you just drop. And he yeah. was talking about, you know, trying to adjust to life outside of Sugarland has just been quite interesting because 
he said, you know, not that his music was the case, but he said he knows a ton of musicians and singers that are really, really good, but they're just not being seen. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You said, I mean, there's very few out there. I mean, it's um, Dave. I think. No, Mustaine. Mustaine. Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. No, the, so, so, um, uh, so Nirvana, right? Kurt Cobain passes. Yeah. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Food Fighters. Food Fighters. God. And then, <laughs> and then, like, but, like, that's that's one of the few that has gone outside of a major platform to make it out on their own. Yeah. I mean, that is far, I mean, it's very few, though. That That's the that's the issue. Yeah. All right. So, let me go back. Well, you, you, you can put Joan Jett in there, right? She did on her, on her own outside of the runways. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't she do that from the beginning, though? Well, her and her and Lita Ford, they're all part of the runaways, and then once the runaways blew, then they went out on their own and started doing their own thing. So, but I think it, the runaways is what really made them, like, got, started it. Got their names all out there. Okay. Yeah. Then they all went solo. So who was bigger after leaving a band and going solo? Who do you think? Out of them? Out of no, the just runaways? in general. Like, uh, in Osborne? Yeah. Okay. He was probably the biggest I know that left a band and then went on a solo career. It was bigger. Than I mean, well, you can give him George well, Michael. You, 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 but see, you and Ozzy have something in common. <laughs> Finally, you were both kicked out of the band. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. All right, I think. Uh, I mean, I have tons of questions, but this is your show. So, what do you guys want to oh, chat we're about? Happy. Good time. No, it's like we, we were happy we could be in one space and get on here and we can we talk whatever you want to talk. Okay, well let me ask you this question then. Have you ever been excited to see or hear a blast from the past and then when you heard them was like oh not what I expected, not what I wanted, or disappointed? I'm, I'm gonna say it and I know. Like what? What? I can't even. I don't even think of his name. But it was like '90s was a big band, and I just heard them. What's his name? I can't even think of it. And it was so far off his original singing that I actually had to take a couple of looks to see who, if they were actually singing. Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Oh well, no, he just he's he's horrible. Vince Neil or yeah. Been pretty lucky all the concerts I've ever been to. Um, I saw I went to a Miranda Lambert concert. <clears throat> She's great on the radio, not in person. Hmm. Really? Okay, but there's a isn't there a lot of artists that are good in studio or on the radio and not in life? And is that because of auto tuning? I don't know. Do you know Midland, the band? I've heard of them, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know uh, if I would recognize their music. Three do uh, drinking problem was one of their big songs. Uh, okay. They came to Little Bitty Savannah, uh, and at that particular time we had a now Savannah Bananas play there, but it used to be the Savannah Sand Nats, and they did a concert there, and they had just come on the radio, and I was like, these guys are like the best, and I saw them in concert, and again it is small, stage small, so like acoustics suck, everything sucks, but they were absolutely amazing. They were like better in person than on the radio, and I was just like, these guys are like it. They just killed it. Okay. 
I'm, I'm looking them up on the Google here. Yeah. I'm, I was thinking about like a con. I mean, so I've seen so many documentaries like on Leonard Skinner on how good they were live all the time because they practiced like eight hours a day and they were so good live. Um, but yeah, I think the worst one I saw was Molly Crew. Were they bad? Yeah. yeah, they were really bad. Yeah. And that was when they were really young, too. Well, I mean, that was like, they, well. Yeah, and then like as he's got as they've gotten older, oh, it's, it's worse. yeah. Whew. But then, I mean, they did not sound like the record. I'll, I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, there's I- stories on how they put that record together too. Like, um, you know, singing. There were so many words that he had to sing, he couldn't just get the breaths out. So they pieced it all together. You know. So did they they really did that. I heard that they did yeah. that, but I'm like, how there's a, there, there's a lot of artists that, that that's happened to. I mean, that's what, gotta what, take forever. Uh, yeah, that's a you know, they pay big money for that. Well, that's <laughs> what Billy Eilish did a video like a, a year or two ago. She was doing the interview and she was like she was walking them through how they mixed it and all the different takes mm-hmm. to get that one yeah, song that for one. her to have the sound that she wanted yeah. because she couldn't carry and I think probably most of them have. I think that's probably just for the most part. I mean, it's like how many times do you, do you sing or record a song straight through? The oh, no way. Time? There's no way. I, I piece things together, too. I mean, let's be honest. You know, it could be a line what? that I like. No, I thought you ripped it out of one shot. First take, baby. Every time. No, uh, it, it, it could be like a, a podcaster. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do multiple takes, and then I'll take the best I, take. Well, one you know, thing I want to tell anybody that's getting into this yeah, right now. Straight. Sorry, somebody tried to uh, ambush my podcast here. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well. It's all right. So I'm trying to think if I have a story because I don't go to concerts. The last two concerts I were at was Home Free, the acapella group. And that? huh? How was that? It it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I like them. They are good. So Home Free and Pentatonics, if I had to pick my favorite artists right now, those are the two groups, which is kind of ridiculous because they're mostly known, you know, acapella cover band is basically what they are. Yeah. Uh, although so they have got, uh, they've got a, a mix that they did with Dolly Parton and they did Jolene together. Yes, yes. Pentatonics. Yeah. Unbelievable song. Pentatonix has several things that they've done. They've got their Christmas specials. Um, yeah, their Christmas music kills it. Yeah, they are they are fantastic. Uh, if I if I had money, I would just basically uh, have them two together for a concert and bring all my people together. That would be our. That would be like my reunion weekend. Would be that those two in a concert. That'd be cool. There you go. So, so what was your first concert? My very first concert? Yep. Something called Night of Joy. Okay. So back in the 80s, Disney decided to do what they called a Night of Joy, where they would bring Christian groups into Disney and have concerts, and they'd have four or five groups at a time in Disney. Okay. And I went, I went because there was a group called Petra. That I Petra, loved. Yeah. Yep, yep. I remember them. So that's what I, I went to go see Petra. Petra. 
my first concert that I remember. Um, <laughs> Not that he was at. Yeah, really. uh, when I was really young, I got to do a Waylon Jennings concert. Uh, so that was really my first big concert I ever went to. Okay. I was really young too. Uh, Public Enemy. That was your first one. Yeah. Good. God. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Good. Coach. Mine was rat. Rat. Oh. Okay. Is that the round and round group? Is where they performed. All right. Interesting. But it's the all of us. We have different genres of music listening, but that is like one of the things that when we travel together, like Joe and I, if we can find live music somewhere, I mean, we will walk as far as we have to walk. And we'll tell him it's just another like two minutes. Just keep walking; it'll be fine. <laughs> but we will find live music anywhere. Like there is a band that plays in Orlando, and we go to Orlando a lot. And Joe and I will try to time it, and we'll meet and go in like a daily because they only play on Saturday nights. And that band, I mean, the first time we heard them, we were just like, "What?" And it, Joe was impressed. So if Joe was ever impressed with like a band, a guitarist, a singer, whatever, then I know it's like good stuff. These kids killed it, so we'll literally go in early just to watch this band. Yeah, they were great. We've seen them about three or four times now. All right, so I'm, I'm making a note here that the next time we're in Orlando, I'm going to find you all so oh, we can do the yeah, Saturday. One time we were in Orlando, we had come in. Uh, we were had come from a, what was it? Uh, we were on a what I call one of those long ones. Like we had a show and a show and whatever, and we got to Orlando, and I needed to go to Ulta. I needed some shampoo. I was out of shampoo. And Joe was like, I'll walk with you. We'll go. So it was like across the street from the hotel. So we go over there. We're futzing around the Ulta. And I already told him when we were walking over there, I was like, don't talk to anybody in there. Because these girls, the sales girls are going to be just like all over you. And I was like, no, they're going to talk to you to stuff that you don't need. You just like right here, focus. He was like, all right, I got it. I got it. I'm like, I'm going to go in and get myself. We're going to get back out. I go in, I get myself. I'm in line. Next thing I know, this girl's like, hey, we have this thing. And he's like, and I'm like, get in the checkout. We got to go. So we check out the kind of thing and we're like walking, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do next. We're going to get some eat or whatever. And all of a sudden he and I were both we like, stop. And we're like, what is where is the music coming from? We didn't know. And we just start like crisscrossing through the parking lot. We end up like walking into some bar, like, I don't know how far away. They have live music there. So we stay there the rest of the night. There you go. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. So if you're ever in town early or late, or you want to know where the PA crew is, if you find, if you find live music, You'll find us. All right. That'll be the thing to do. So, again, next time we're together, I'm, I'm doing that. Now, you guys now are in Georgia, yep. Savannah. Savannah. So, yes, I was just in Georgia, but nowhere near Savannah. Where were you? I was in a place called Talking Rock, which is up in the mountains near Ranger, Georgia. I don't know that town either. Okay, it is. Let me see if I can figure out what else is is near there. It is basically northwest of Atlanta. Okay. Uh, let's see. That's, that's, that's hillbilly country. You need to be careful up there. I'm just saying. Oh, I know. Uh, crazy. Okay, Jasper. You know where Jasper is? Nope. Atlanta's about it. I'll go to Atlanta and do some stuff. That's about it. Okay. We keep dark south down here in Savannah. Let's put it this way: it's about an hour north of Alpharetta. I'll just say it that way. Okay. You were way on up there. Yeah. Yeah. So when I used to drive up there, because I would fly into Atlanta, 
and then drive up. I go up, uh, what is it, 75, 85, and then go up through Woodstock and drive through this two-lane highway, and I once got to a place called White Georgia. Don't think I saw a white person. I've been to White Georgia because I had to stop at a gas station and there was, you can't take the plastic there. It has that thing. You like pull the handle and they're like, yes, yes. Really? The little slider thing? Yes. White Georgia. Cause I was like, I mean, I was like on fumes and I had my um, youngest daughter with me and I'm like, we're going to have to stop at this gas station. It looks super sketchy. I hop out and I'm like, okay, so I got to go inside, got to pay. And she's like, what is happening? Cause it's got that little switch. You got to flip back in the day. And she was like, Thinking we're in the Twilight Zone or something. I've been to that town. It's the only gas station there. <laughs> yep, yep. There's one gas station. Their post office is like, yep. It's like ten it boxes. Like it's, it's, it looks like a shed. So, so we got to ask, what were you doing there? So, <laughs> so my family uh, on the wife's side lives up there, and okay. her brother built. Well, he didn't build it, but he they bought an old cabin that they're fixing up, and it's it's a multi-year project. Okay. And he's basically building this up as a family retreat to nice. match what they used to do as kids. They are from Ohio, and one of their summer things that they used to do was go to Canada every year. And they had cabins up there. There was a you know, a lake, and they would spend a week or two up at the cabins in Canada. So they're trying to recreate that. So he's building, you know, redoing this cabin. And it literally is, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no internet. There's no. (laughs) That could be a good thing. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it's literally, let's put it this way. The first time I had to drive down the mountain, in the dark, in the snow, I thought I was yeah. going to drive because there are no guardrails. It's it's literally barely enough for one car to drive up and down. And if you drive off the wrong way, there's no you're gone. Welcome to death. Yeah. So, uh, but that's what they do. That's their Christmas, uh, the second weekend in December every year. She goes up there for a week. I fly in for the weekend. And uh, we do Christmas up there. That's pretty awesome. Yep. So I usually will drive in. I'll fly in Thursday night, spend the night so I can drive up during the day. Yeah. And uh, leave on Sunday because I got to get back and do the business. Yeah, right. Do the business. There's always the business, right? Yeah. I'm going to make the donuts. Yeah. So let's bring this back to tech here. I know you guys, uh, you can't stay all night. uh, So let's just bring it back. We talked about this in the sense of it's a good thing to be able to sit and hang out and just chat. Uh, you guys live as vendors on the road pretty much all year long. Uh, what's it like from your perspective going to these conferences and seeing people like us on the MSP side? So they're looking at me, so I guess so – I, <laughs> I, I personally love it. So, so – my, my background, or Joe and I's background, is we rebuilt a bunch of MSPs before we started doing this. So I've been part of the community. We've been part of the community for quite some time. I love it because for a couple of reasons. I love the people I meet. I love the people I see. But the thing that I always say that I love about our industry the most is it's an industry of servitude. 
everybody is there to help everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're a frenemy or if you're you know, a, a competitor in the area. If you walk up to somebody and say, hey, I need some help, they're, they're not going to turn you down. They're going to listen to what you need help with, and they'll either figure out if they can help you or if they know somebody. And I think that's what I love about going to the shows and meeting with the MSPs. It's constantly an industry of how can I help you in what way? We met some amazing people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's friends. I mean, I've, there's people that we've met that I'll be friends with long after we're not in this space anymore. They've just, they're good people. We helped, who was it, Solutions Brand and put their booth together in Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> But what we do. Exactly. Was that like, you know, bef- before or after their bourbon drink? That's <laughs> probably <laughs> right. <laughs> no, well, I think Michael, Michael was in by himself. The rest of the team was coming in. He just needs some help. Uh-huh. But it's like if you have a if you have a booth and somebody else has got a booth like yours and they're missing a part. We've blown stuff out. We've blown stuff out. We've gone up the proverbial everybody. Hey, can I borrow your tape? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bring some tape, people. Bring some tape. <laughs> but but the point is, is the thing that I love about it most is the people and the ability to help without expecting anything. Like we're just everybody in this industry is about helping each other personally, professionally, with your business, whatever we can do. We do that. The same for the MSPs too. I mean, they're all in. I mean, you guys all get in groups, you know, and help each other. I mean. It's just a great overall industry. I mean, to be on the business side also, um, everybody works together. Well, I do want to say this as an MSP, even though sometimes I blur the lines as a podcaster and I get to, to see sides that most of us don't see. One of the things that I have appreciated seeing more of is vendors being human and not, you know, we get to see a lot of times the the money grubbing side where we're just getting hounded with calls and sign up for a demo and we're better than everybody else and i think there's this resurgence of hey let's just going back to being decent people and there's plenty of room for all of us to exist we don't have to be jerks uh we can like each other we can hang out so i just want to say that i appreciate that i mean coach i i I have seen you at least two, three years out there on the circuit and uh, never got, you know, a little creepy feeling from you, even though you, you think I did. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Um, so I put the, I put the, uh, that is a good compliment because we all know there's certain times you're in the environment. Not me, not me, but we all know there's certain people that could be creepy, and we're like, okay, that's a compliment. I'll take that all day long. <laughs> hey, that's just me going off scripts. I'm just, you know, speaking from the heart. I, I, I appreciate, you know, the the relationship that, you know, even I'm not, you know, for full disclosure, I've never done a demo with you guys. I, you know, haven't used you guys. Uh, but I think that you guys are one of the top vendors in the channel just by reputation. I'll say it like that. So. Thank you. We appreciate that. All right. I've put th- you go to that website and just popped up there. There's a book. <laughs> There's a what? Right there. Hey, hey, 
Yeah. So if you if you look at the screen as we pimp Pia, <laughs> go to your chat, Pia.ai, book a demo at the top right there, and uh, do the Pia AI desk. Uh, revolutionize your uh, your service desk. That'll be great. All right, guys. I, I know we have a hard out because you guys said you need to go, so you get spared the uh, Florida man or random question. But here's what I will ask you to do. Since there are three of you, I will ask you to pick a number one, two, or three, and that will be the Florida man story that I will share. So what number shall we do? We're picking two. Two. Okay. So the first story, <laughs> Florida, give, Florida man gives IMAC to alligator was the first story. The second story South Florida man arrested for stealing SpongeBob necklace. So police arrested a South Florida man who allegedly stole a yellow, yellow metal necklace with a SpongeBob pendant from another man on Monday. The theft occurred around 12.35 p.m. According to reports, the suspect, identified as Carl Banks, approached the victim, began yelling at him, then snatched the $100 necklace from his neck. He fled the scene. A $100 SpongeBob necklace. Yeah. I just want to know who spent $100 on Florida man, right? Oh my goodness gracious! So uh, he was uh, he was later caught and transported to the correctional center and booked on a charge of strong arm robbery with prejudice. What are you in for, buddy? Well, <laughs> <laughs> stolen. Oh my goodness gracious! All right. Well, guys, again, I know we're getting close here. I, I want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, I know this uh, was kind of an impromptu thing at the last minute. You guys obliged. Thank you very much. Thank you for dressing up for the occasion. And I promise we will get you back on soon. Uh, we'll do a proper show and talk about Pia and uh, hear everything that you, you have to offer us. All right. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. And, you know, anything you need from us, we're always happy to help. I appreciate that. So, folks, uh, that's going to do it for this show. Next week, there will be a show. It is the year-end holiday special, the last show of the year. You should know that voting is ongoing right now for the best podcast episode of the year, the best guest of the year, and the best vendor swag. Head over to itbusinesspodcast.com, click on the queue, and vote. All right, all right. You gotta pay attention to the show, Brooke. <laughs> See, now you'll pay attention. <laughs> all right. So uh, head over to the, uh, the website, itbusinesspodcast.com, click on the queue, vote. Uh, all of that will be revealed next week on the live show. Holiday podcast. I have a bunch of MSPs, a bunch of vendors that'll be coming on saying salute to 2023, getting ready for 2024. That's going to do it. And uh, saying thank you to Coach, Brooke, and Joe for hanging out. That's going to do it for this show, folks. We'll see you next time. And until then, 
Holla.